0: How's everyone doing today? How are you guys enjoying that snow this morning? Is there other people out there that love snow like me? Yes, I'm not alone in here. Awesome. So if you guys want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 3, we're going to be in, starting in verse 31 today. So I was meeting with Pastor Evan uh, a couple weeks ago. And he wanted to get me up here preaching again. So he gave me a couple options and we ended up going with Shamgar. Has anyone ever heard of Shamgar in the Bible? Yeah, it's, he's not one that's very well known at all. And in fact, we're going to dive into him today. We're going to take a look at who he was and what he's done. So in Judges chapter 3 verse 31 after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. So there we go. There's Shamgar. There's who he is. There's what he's done. And you're dismissed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so that's, that's literally all it has in the Bible about Shamgar. There's another verse later in chapter 5 that kind of name drops him, but this one verse is all We have one of the 12 judges, and he gets a verse. I don't know. To me, that's kind of crazy. And maybe you felt insignificant like Shamgar here. I mean, if he was probably here today and he was looking at judges, he might be like, man, I did so much and they just gave me one verse. Felt unappreciated. And that's really all there is. So, and I have to admit, I was like probably a lot of you, Shamgar, didn't really know who he was. I've heard of him. I knew he was a judge, but that was about it. So I had to go and kind of look into who Shamgar was. Kind of really didn't know where I was going to be going with this today. Kind of didn't really know what I was going to talk about because that's literally it. It's just that one verse about Shamgar. So I sat down with my computer and I started to into a bunch of commentaries and stuff like that about figuring out who he was, the time back then, and trying to figure out a lot about him. So, first of all, he used an ox code. Does anyone know what an ox code is? I, I don't know what it is really either. I mean, it's a tool, I guess? So I have a picture up here for you guys to kind of see what an ox code. is actually is. So basically it's like a long staff with like a pointed hook at the end. It's meant for like herding cattle, stuff like that. Typically they're about 8 to 10 feet in length. And it could be used as a farmer as well. They were a very useful tool. So that's one thing about Shamgar that we know. He used an ox goad. Something that I actually didn't even realize, and you guys might be in the same boat as me as well, when we look at that verse and it says, Shamgar, the son of Anath. Typically in the Bible when we read that, we think of like their lineage. So his father was this, his father was this, his father was this, or his mother was this. But, Shamgar actually might not have been an Israelite. We'll get more into that later about what the son of Anath meant, but, We look at the judges and we're thinking, they're Israelites, they're saving Israel. He might actually have been a Canaanite at that time. So we have, he used an ox goad. He was probably a farmer. He killed 600 Philistines. I mean, it says that straight up in there. Who killed 600 of the Philistines. And then he saved Israel. So that's really all we find out about Shamgar. So, we're going to take a look a little bit deeper. We're going to go ahead and read that verse again. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. So, when we look at that verse, it's kind of split up into three different parts who he was, what he did, and the outcome. Of what he did. He was Shamgar. He killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He saved Israel. So we're going to kind of dive into those three parts. A little bit more. In that first part. Shamgar the son of Anath. So I said we're going to get back to this in a little bit. And like I said. Son of I think of a physical lineage. Like back there. In that corner is my dad. I am his son. But here. Anath wasn't. An actual person. Anath was actually the Canaanite goddess of war. That's kind of interesting. That they would say that. Shamgar the son of some pagan goddess. So what does that exactly mean? Well. It just means that he was a follower of her. He was not an Israelite. He was not a follower of God. He was a follower of some other false idol. It kind of blew my mind. Because once again, I mean, the judges, those who save Israel... They got to be like these big powerful people that follow God, walk closely with him, right? I mean, that's what I would think. But then here we have some guy who's not even possibly not even part of the Israelite tribes following some false idol and he saves Israelite, the Israelites. And this shows us that God will use whoever is willing to act. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what your background is. If you're willing to do it, God's going to use you. Shamgar was a farmer, most likely out working in the fields at that time, herding his cattle, maybe tilling the soil. And then all of a sudden, he sees these Philistines walking towards him. If you saw, it says, 600 Philistines walking towards you, what would you do? If you're like me, I might walk to like the far opposite side of the field, kind of keep my head down, like, okay, I'm not here. Keep going, leave me alone. I would probably try to avoid it. But, no, not Shamgar. Shamgar's like, hey, I don't like you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, because all he has is his ox goad, and then there's these 600 Philistines coming And he kills them all. When the situation presented itself to Shamgar, he wasn't sitting idle. He was in the middle of working, and then God brought forth what he was supposed to do. And that same thing can be over in our lives. Are we sitting idle, waiting for an opportunity to come about? Or are we out there pursuing it? One thing I always stress with the youth is trying to figure out what their calling is. But not just that, going after it, doing other stuff as well. Going after your calling isn't necessarily just sitting down at the altar, maybe praying, God, let me know what I'm supposed to do after college or after high school. I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to wait for you to tell me what to do. No! We're supposed to be out there serving out there working. And then our path will get revealed to us. God doesn't necessarily always reveal your path right away. When Liz and I moved up here from Texas, all we knew is that we were going to be coming to Taylor Christian to be the youth pastors here. Didn't have another job lined up, didn't have anything lined up, didn't have a place. We lived with my parents for a little bit, but we didn't have anything really lined up of what we were going to do. We just knew We needed to be here. And sometimes it takes that step, takes that action before your purpose is revealed. Sitting idle, just sitting back and waiting for it to happen isn't always going to work. If I was laying here on the stage and Pastor Evan was walking up and down the aisles praying like before service, and let's say back in the sound booth something happened. So all of a sudden, there's horrible noise started coming out of the speakers. Who do you think would be able to get up there and respond quicker? Probably Pastor Evan, because he's literally up, walking, doing something. He's not sitting there like me, laying on the stage, being idle. When you're in the middle of doing something, when you're active, you can respond better. You can respond quicker. Proverbs chapter 12, verses 24 through 28 says the hands of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads him astray. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. And the path of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Those who are willing to work, willing to do whatever is needed, will succeed. Those who stand stand idle, don't want to do anything, don't want to take that step, eventually, it's not going to turn out well for them. So what keeps you idle? Could it be not knowing what you're supposed to be doing like we mentioned earlier? I mean, I'm sure when Shamgar woke up, he didn't know that he was supposed to go out and kill 600 Philistines that day. He knew that he was going to go through his day. He was going to take care of his his, uh, cattle. He was going to maybe farm the land, take care of it. He was going to go through and do what he needed to do. And because of that, because he was active, God Used him. He was ready to step up when the time came. Or maybe you're thinking, well, God will never use me. You don't know what I've done in my past. You don't know who I was. Shamgar wasn't even a follower of God. And God still used him to save Israel. He was the son or a follower of a false goddess. Was a Canaanite. Not the kind of guy you would think as a mighty judge of Israel. We need to make sure that we're diligent and we're active and we're ready to be used in any way at any time. So we took a look at that first part in Judges 3.31, Shamgar, the son of Anath. And now we're going to go to the next part, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad a farming tool, a herding tool. And this guy used it to take on an army. It shows us that God will use whatever you have. Nothing is too, too insignificant for God. Nothing is too small. Even something as simple as smiling and saying hi to someone. God will use. You don't think of it as something necessarily that God will use But he will. An ox goad. While it is a tool, it actually makes a great weapon. Once again, it's 8 to 10 foot in length, and it has that pointed hook on it. A person who is wielding that and knows what they're doing, they can do a lot of damage. I mean, think about it. Eight feet long, you can't get anywhere close to them if they know what they're doing with it. And we see stuff like this all throughout the Bible. We see it with David. Sling and some stones. We see it with Moses. A staff. We see it with Samson picked up a jawbone of a donkey. Think about that. Picked up a jawbone and used that. Something that could be discarded, not thought of at all, and that he used that. And then we could jump to the New Testament And I mean, you have Jesus using five loaves of bread and two fish. Something that seems like it's nothing. It was a little boy's lunch. And God used it. It just shows us that God uses what we have. He doesn't make someone go out and find some magical armor, some magical weapon. He meets us where we're at with what we have and uses it. It doesn't matter the size, the shape, the form, or the amount of what you have. If you're willing to let God use it through you, he will. So now we have Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad. And it brings us to the last part of the verse. He also saved Israel. He wasn't just another guy. He wasn't just someone who... Killed a bunch of people, but he was one of the judges who saved Israel. One verse in the Bible could be seen as just someone you glance over when you're reading, you kind of skim through it, but he was used to save Israel. And this shows us that God will do a lot with a little. God will do a lot with a little. So we've been mentioning 600 Philistines, and when I was studying, I found out that that actually might not have been the actual number of people that were there. It could have been a lot more than that. What they kind of used that that phrase for is it was commonly used to refer to an organized military force under a commander. So these weren't just like some random people that were walking up, these weren't just some a group of guys going down the road. No, these were like the best of the best. These guys were a very organized military that a farmer took on. A trained military versus a farmer with an ox goad. Just think about that for a second. I mean, talk about using a little to do a lot. (laughs) One guy with a farming tool to take on a trained military force. I don't know, that kind of just blows my mind. That God can use something so small to do so much. And it wasn't just he took on those guys and that was it. No, that actually saved Israel. So there could have been a lot more in that story... That we don't know about. That army could have been coming down to wipe out the Israelites. Who knows what they were coming to do or what they were going to do. All we know is that uh, Shamgar stepped up and did what he was supposed to do. And God did a lot with the little. Kind of going a little bit more on what I mentioned earlier. First Samuel chapter 17 we have David with a sling and a stone and he defeats Goliath. This giant dude. This unstoppable warrior beaten by this little kid with a sling and a stone. I don't know, that's kind of unheard of. That's crazy. Giant dude, head to toe in armor. His armor weighed more than people did. Like, it's crazy. He defeated Goliath, and because of that, that little bit, the sling and the stone defeating Goliath, God used that to save Israel as well, and the Israelites pushed out and won the battle. Exodus 4, we mentioned Moses with his staff and his cloak. He used those to help prove to the Israelites who sent him. and He used those to help free the Israelites from their slavery in Egypt. A piece of wood and a piece of clothing. Not much to it at all. And once again, saved Israel. Judges 15, we mentioned Samson. I mean, yes, Samson was this giant guy, super strong. But he used a jawbone to kill a thousand men. I mean, an ox goad verse 600, or however many were there, is pretty impressive. But I mean, it's, it's a long tool, like I said, eight to ten feet, with a hook at the end. Samson's there with a jawbone. I mean, if you think a jawbone of a donkey, it's probably no more than about that big. And he used that. And then we have John 6. Jesus takes the five loaves of bread and the two fish. And he fed over 5,000 people with it. And it didn't just stop there with, okay, everyone ate. Everyone was, okay, we can go home. We'll make it till dinner. No, everyone ate till they were full. Till they couldn't eat anymore, and not just that, they had baskets and baskets of leftover food. I mean, we see this all throughout the Bible that God will do a lot with a little. And it goes back all the way full circle to our first point: You just have to be willing. Whoever is willing to act, God will use. We see it throughout the Bible. Someone's willing to step up. They're willing to act. God will meet them right where they're at. He'll use what they have. He'll do this crazy miracle. And then we get to the next person, willing to step up. God uses what they have. It just repetitively, over and over and over in the Bible. And even though it's just one verse, we see this with Shamgar. The worship he wants to go ahead and head back up. Sometimes we kind of don't give God the credit where it's due. We put the focus all on ourselves, what we have, what can we do, where should I be? Instead of putting the focus on God. Okay, God, I'm going to do this. I know you're going to bless this. You're going to use me. doesn't matter what is. It doesn't matter how small it is. Just saying good morning and smiling to someone as they walk in the door. God uses it. You don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what's happened to that person in the last couple days. But just that smile on your face gives them the strength to keep going. God will use whoever is willing to act, God will use whatever you have. God does a lot with a little. You just have to be willing. Full circle. You just have to be willing to step up. Whoever's willing, God will use. I know I keep repeating that over and over and over again, and it sounds like something that might be simple. Well, yeah, I mean, if I'm willing to be used, God's going to use me. But that willing is hard. That willing is not easy, because you don't know what's coming down the road. Being willing to be used by God could mean losing everything here and being going overseas into a third world country or a hostile area and being a missionary. It could be talking to that friend at school that you don't like or that coworker that you just can't stand. It could be giving up a day of the week to serve with the church. It could be giving up a day of the week to go to a food pantry or something. Being willing to be used isn't necessarily going to be an easy thing. But it doesn't take a lot. Just that being willing to go, God will use. You don't have to be this grand person. Shamgar was probably a Canaanite. Wasn't even a follower of God. You don't have to have all this armor, all this money. He had an ox goad. Who you are, where you come from, what you have doesn't matter to God. What matters is that you're willing to be used, and God will bless that. So I really challenge you guys today, find a way to live that out, even if it's just this week. Not necessarily a long term, but take that step out, out of your comfort zone, and find a way to let God use you. Like I said, it could be smiling and saying hi to someone. It could be talking to a coworker or or, uh, someone at school or something that you really don't like. You never know what's going to happen. I've heard stories of people who have done that. They can't stand this person at work. They step out and they talk to them. They start being kind to them. And they end up becoming their best friend. It's crazy that just that being kind, stepping out, being willing how much God can do with it. So I really challenge you guys this week, take that step. Be willing to be used by God. And as we sing this last song, ask God if there is any certain way that he wants you to be used. Sometimes God will tell you, I want you to do this. I need you to do this. I need you to step out in this area. And if he does tell you, do it. Don't take that step and then back away. If Shamgar would have stepped out, gone and approached those Philistines, and then halfway through decided, I don't want to do this, we would have never known about him. Someone probably would have found him in a field and that would have been the end of Shamgar. But he was willing to be used and he followed through with it. So follow through when you decide to act.